listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM and streaming online at kboo.fm. KBOO Community Radio holds open meetings concerning the operations and programming of KBOO in accordance with requirements of the Communications Act of 1934 and certification requirements of the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Information about Good evening, everyone. You are listening to KBOO Portland, and coming up is the Underground. I was never cool in school. I'm sure you don't remember me. And now it's been ten years. I'm still wondering who to be. And I'd love to mix in circles, clicks, and social coteries. That's me. Hand me my nose ring. Can we be happy? Show me the mosh pit. Can we be happy? We can be happy underground. Welcome, everyone, to this month's edition of The Underground. Our themes for this July are learning and education. We are doing something a little bit uh, different this month, but more on that later. Right now, we have a piece from Lavanya. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. This is Lavanya with the Cable Youth Collective, and given this month's theme of education, I found it fitting to talk about human nature. Now, I'm sure this is a thought which has crossed many of your minds before, and quite frankly, it is something that I myself have found difficult to wrap my head around. And this is that we are all human beings, right? On the outside, we are pretty much one and the same. So if that's the case, how is it that we are all so different on the inside? We all possess different values, beliefs, opinions, ideas, personalities, thoughts, morals, etc., etc., etc. You get the idea. We are very different. And when I think about this concept, my mind immediately travels to the beings that we all started out as. Babies. I find it mind-boggling how as babies, we are all the same. We are completely blank slates. We have no sense of humanity, if that makes sense, right? I mean, we don't have any sense of ethics, no beliefs, no values, no opinions, nothing. We are just babies. I mean, you wouldn't go up to a baby and say, oh yeah, that's a liberal baby, right? I mean, no, that's completely absurd because it's just a baby. It has no opinions, beliefs, or biases, and therefore it cannot be attached to a label. But as that baby grows up in the future, when it becomes an adult, it will have a label attached to it because it will have opinions, thoughts, values, you get it. A popular YouTuber named Richard Williams, or maybe better known as Prince EA, who is known for being a spoken word artist, among other things, very eloquently expresses this in one of his poems. And he says, Isn't it funny how no baby is born racist, yet every baby cries when they hear the cries of another, no matter their gender, culture, or color, proving that deep down, we were meant to connect and care for each other. That is our mission, and that is not my opinion, that is the truth. And of course, this doesn't just apply to racism, but any behavior that we learn. So how did we all start out as the same completely blank slates, but somehow manage to branch off into such different people? And this brings me to my point. Almost everything we know, whether consciously or unconsciously, is learned behavior, much of which we get from our environment. Environment meaning our parents, family members, friends, teachers, and just the people that we surround ourselves with in general. This also makes sense geographically. And one example which immediately comes to mind for me is the political map of the United States and how many people's political affiliations are color-coded either red or blue. Now, when you look at a map like this, it's definitely not random red and blue spots all over. Rather, the red and the blue are grouped together, 
where there are blue people, there are more blue people nearby. And where there are red people, there are more red people nearby. And this points to the idea that when you are surrounded by people who have certain ideals, values, opinions, and beliefs, you generally tend to adopt those same qualities. Many of the qualities that I possess are the result of my parents, my friends, my classmates, my teachers, my geographic location. These are all qualities that I picked up from the people who surround me. As an example, I consider myself to be fairly liberal. But when you consider all of the factors that I just mentioned, you can see how. Well, I live in Portland, which is a very liberal place. My parents are liberal people. My friends are liberal people. So on and so forth. You get the idea. Everyone who surrounds me has the same general beliefs and opinions. So naturally, they rub off on me and I adopt the same beliefs and opinions. Now, if you were to look at someone who lived in let's say some rural county in Alabama, which is a very conservative place. Their parents are probably conservative people. Their friends are probably conservative people as well. So on and so forth, you get the idea. So naturally these qualities, these conservative qualities would rub off on them and they would adopt these qualities and live by these ideals. It's kind of like how sometimes your parents don't want you to hang out with a certain person because they think that they are a bad influence on you and their bad habits are going to rub off on you. Or maybe they do want you to hang out with someone because they think that they are a good influence on you and they want you to learn those good habits from them. Except in this case, it's neither good nor bad. It's just an influence. And of course, this doesn't just apply to politics. It can apply to almost every aspect of who we are. Now this whole idea is one that fascinates me, especially when I think of someone who, you know, might be the complete opposite of me. They have opinions that clash with mine. They have different ideals, interests, beliefs. We all have people like this in our lives, right? People who we could never agree with, people who we can never imagine being. For example, you know, when you're talking to someone or having a conversation with them and they say something that you are just completely opposed to and in your head you're thinking oh my goodness what did what did they just say like how could they ever think something like that i know i could never even imagine to think something like that right but have you ever wondered what it would be like if the roles were reversed let's say that you're technically the same human being but instead of being born into the family and place which you have and live in now, you were born into theirs and vice versa for them. Would you end up having the same ideals and opinions which they currently have? The same ones that you are so opposed to and could never imagine having? I'd like to think so because the same influences which cause them to learn the behaviors that they have, you would then become exposed to and you would fall under the same influence and learn the same behaviors. And over time, it would become ingrained in you and it would form the basis of who you are. Who we are is something that we learned. I wasn't born believing in the things I do today. No, I learned to believe in the things that I do today. I learned it from the people around me. If I was surrounded by different people, I would have learned differently. I would have learned to believe in different things, and so would you have. So this begs the question, if we all start out as the same thing, a blank slate, but through what we learn and the ideas that we are exposed to, we branch off into many different people with different beliefs, ideals, and opinions, will there ever be a time when we can all agree or when we can all share the same beliefs, opinions, and ideals. Is it even possible? It's definitely something really interesting to think about. Well, thank you for listening. Again, this is Lavanya with the Cable Youth Collective, and have a great day. Thank you very much, Lavanya. Our next segment on this month's show is going to be a little bit different, as it comes to us courtesy of the Aloha High School's Radio Underground program. 
essentially, all of the students in the program have contributed their own pieces, talking about various topics concerning this month's theme. We hope you enjoy, and without further ado, here's all of their contributions. During online learning, the grading expectations varied was lowered to make it easier for people who weren't used to learning online. But some people used to slack off and do less work when they could have raised their grades. Students were given an open schedule so they can get up later and do work when they are really awake. But that also means that students can get distracted and think they can do work later. But then they'll forget to do the work. With everyone being on their computers during online school, you can easily search up something you don't know or check it for spelling mistakes. It also means it's easier to cheat on tests and get distracted by things like video games, YouTube, or other media. So in the end, there's some good and some bad online work, and if this happens again, maybe we can do better. Hopefully we'll Hey, it's Julian Miranda, and I'm going to talk about why early literacy is important. It's important for kids to learn to read and write. It has been proven that more than one in three Americans enter kindergarten without the skills to read. Kids learning to read can help them understand things and people around them. Reading can help the brains process what they are learning and help them communicate with others. Kids who get the opportunity to read at an early age have a good chance to enter kindergarten ready to read at a regular age. As kids get older, they will have classes like science class and math. And if they don't learn how to read, then they won't be able to be successful. Lots of things in the world need to be read. In order for a child to be ready for classes like that, they need to learn and all kids learn at a different rate. So if they were to start at an early age, it would help them in a variety of ways. Kids are so innocent that everything they see someone do, they try to copy or try to do the same thing that person did. When babies and toddlers hear words and language from their parents, their brains develop the important connections needed to develop how to read. Studies show that children whose parents and caregivers regularly talk and read with them develop larger vocabularies, become better readers, and do better in school. That's because the first few years of a child's life are when the brain grows and develops the most and a child's experiences in these early years affect how brain develops. Language and early literacy develop start from the very beginning. Babies are listening in utero and once they're born, they're communicating through eye contact, facial expression, crying, smiles, and touch. When adults respond with words, conversation, and attention, it helps the child's brain in ways that promote healthy development and learning. Building vocabulary can help the student in the future to accomplish school. In a source, I saw it says, literacy development is a fundamental component of your child's overall development and it begins well before he or she enters school. beginning at infancy experiences that may help children talk, read, and write. Help them progress on their path to literacy and help them set them up for success in school and life. Children can successfully accomplish early literacy to get ready for the future with the help of their parents and teachers. Having a solid foundation in early literacy skills is critical to children's future reading performance. Reading partners also noted that fourth grade is a vital time for students to transition from learning to read to reading to learn. And those who are not reading at grade level by this time are subject to fall farther and farther behind as subjects, like science and math become more central during school. Thank you for hearing why early literacy is important.
Okay. Hi, my name is Alba, and I'm going to be talking about social anxiety the classroom can give the students. In all honesty, I think that the classes should have a max of 10 to 15 students, max 20 students. In my personal experience, smaller classes make me feel more included, more willing to participate in conversations we have in the classes, and less anxious. However, when it comes to students in the classes, I feel like people tend to think of it in two ways. One of them being students shouldn't be put in classes with their friends because they will talk, be distracted, and not turn in work. Or students should be put in classes with their friends because they will most likely be willing to participate, have someone they are comfortable with to talk to and have discussions about class, and have someone to help them with doing assignments. If you think about it, they both make sense. But out of all of the classes where I've had friends, I tend to get more involved in the classes because they tend to encourage me when it comes to asking or answering questions in front of the class. But I also tend to get distracted when working on assignments as well as doing better on those same assignments because I get help from my friends. When it comes to speaking in front of classes, ooh, that's not what it says. When it comes to speaking in front of the class, it can be hard for many students due to the fact that they think that the other students might judge them for what they say or how they say it. They also tend to overthink if people are gonna understand what they're saying. Sometimes they might even think they're wrong and not want to say it. Will I, oh no. Do I look good? What will they think of how I'm dressed? Can they all hear me? Are they all looking at me right now? I'm good. I gotta make sure I have some. <sighs> I gotta make sure I have good posture so I can speak nice and loud so everyone can hear me. These are just some of the things that might run through their minds. One of the things that help us. One of the things that helps most. What is. One thing that helps us most of uh, <laughs> one thing that helps most of us is when we have a friend or more than one next to us making us feel more comfortable and not more nervous. Now, if we're in classes without people we know, we'll find a way to become friends with at least one other person in the class. But that can take time and not always happens or works. In my personal experience, it doesn't always work or make me feel better. Sometimes it can get really hard to make new friends or even talk to new people we don't know in the classes. And it makes us feel small and vulnerable. That's, that's not always the best feeling because sometimes it's a class where you will be speaking in front of a lot and doing presentations, especially if they're group presentations. Even if it's not a class that you would be talking in a lot, it can feel a little, wait, oh, I skipped the line. <laughs> I can't make it bigger. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I'm panicking. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Whoa, I lost my space. I'm just gonna start the whole paragraph over. Sometimes it can get really hard to make new friends or even talk to new people we don't know in the classes. And it makes us feel small and vulnerable. That's not always the best feeling because sometimes it's a class where you will be speaking in, in front. Sometimes it can get really hard to make new friends or even talk to new people we don't know in the classes and it makes us feel small and vulnerable. That's not always the best feeling because sometimes it's a class where you will be speaking in front of a lot and doing presentations, especially if they're group presentations. Even if it's not a class you would be talking a lot in, it can feel a little harder than the classes where you will be speaking a lot in front of. Because you might not feel as comfortable because you haven't really talked in front of that class.
been the same for a hundred years or more, and schools might need to change a bit. They should go into problem solving or basic math learning. Most of the time, all the stuff you learn is not needed in your career or in any job. Normal schools are made for learning the stuff and forget the next day after the test. The failure rate in schools are increasing now. Schools want to do high school math in middle school and put new stuff in high school. Some parents can't help their child since most of the school stuff is different. Schools need to make the schoolwork simpler and easier for the student to solve, then slowly make it harder. They need to make school teach students about the real world and what you need to know, like when you get a job and do taxes, and what you expect what to do in the real world. Schools need to have less students so they can be more focused on the teacher and have a teacher that can make the class fun for them. School can start in the afternoon rather than the morning since most students are more productive during the afternoon. Teachers can have the time to sleep in if they want. If schools can start in the afternoon, schools should need to make better summer schools that do full credit instead of doing half. Schools should let sites be unblocked on free time and block them back when class or school starts except lunchtime. School lunch should be changed too, and needs to be better food, like you can get in a normal lunch area. Teachers should understand their student more. The more you understand your student, the more success the student will have. Hi there, this is Lisa Speaks, and today's topic is about how alternate school schedules can help our students and our families. I think that we need a new school schedule that helps other students. We only have one schedule and it's helpful for parents. However, in my opinion, I don't like waking up early for school, nor do many of my peers. So I think there should be a schedule option that consists from 5.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. along with a second option of 5.30 p.m. To 12 a.m. Each of these give extreme or odd time zones. However, these likely to solve a lot of scheduling conflicts within students, student workers, working parents, as well as sibling care as some students watch after their younger siblings after school, along with extracurricular activities like sports, including basketball, football, cheerleading, etc. and band. With this new schedule, students from both the 5.30 a.m. session, also from the 5 p.m. session, will both be participating in the same extracurricular activities and they could be held during the noon or afternoon. To help benefit both students and some students also prefer nighttime and realistically most high school students as much as we try we aren't going to sleep around 12 a.m. so I think that's how that could work and along with transportation the school would still provide regular transportation and I believe some teachers would really appreciate the chance for them to do that as well, as it will give them more time to prep, whether it's the night before or in the evening when they wake up in the morning, or to spend more time and schedule more time to spend with their families themselves. I personally would take the after the night schedule. I would personally take the night schedule as I believe um, I would actually take I would personally take the morning schedule as I don't like getting up early but once I'm up I'm up so I'd much rather wake up earlier and come to school at 5.30 a.m. through 12 p.m. and be able to have a whole day ahead of me than do, to do it later. And that's why I think we should have two different schedules for school. And thanks for listening. My name is Lisa Marez.
education could be useless and useful depends on what it is you want to do. Education is a very important thing for when you want to get a good paying job after graduation. But if you want to work at McDonald's, <laughs> it's free. There are a lot of people that drop out because they don't have the patience to finish school or they found a career that don't require an education or a degree. There are a lot of good paying jobs that don't require education but might require experience or you just have to put in a lot of work. Like construction requires experience and hard work. But if you get your education and graduate, you could work at an office, own a business, etc. So I recommend getting your education if you want to live a stable, happy life. This is Shirley and you're listening to how one's social interaction affects one's learning environment. The thought of 30 friends all with access to their devices put them into a classroom for one or more hours to learn about the same topic five days a week. That doesn't stop putting each individual into a small classroom by themselves while being completely stripped of technology. That doesn't sound like it'll work either. High school is very important in a way where you have to balance between learning environment and social. Uh, what? Oh, where you have to balance between focus and social interaction. When you're a kid, it's important to hone your interaction ability, seeing as how the real world depends on socializing and interaction. Therefore, it usually... <laughs> Therefore, it usually depends on your learning environment. Thinking about it, however, not everyone likes social interaction. Actually, some might even hate socializing. That being said, it's best if a student's learning environment was based around the student's comfort. You know, if they appreciate peace and quiet, or if they prefer company. <laughs> Another thing to note is not only the social anxiety... Oh. Another thing to note is not only the social interaction amongst the students, but the students to the teachers as well. It's very easy as a kid to have less social skills. That being said, it should be the teachers that help make the learning environment a place that kids would like to be in to either socialize or learn. But there are some friends that are comfortable with each other and actually cannot work together. Yes, comfort is everything, but sometimes when you're too comfortable with someone, they could end up becoming a distraction. Keeping in mind that learning environment is somewhere where you're learning, not just socializing. When it becomes too social, there's no learning going on. That's when it becomes less of a learning environment and more of a place to interact. I believe social interaction should be balanced, not too much and not too little. Too little could lead to less social skills in a social society, but too much makes a learning environment less of a learning environment. I also believe that comfort makes the best learning environment, so forcing social interaction might not even sound like such a good idea sometimes. Might not. <laughs> I also believe that comfort makes the best learning environment, so forcing social interaction might not sound like such a good idea sometimes. Talk about the differences between online learning and in-classroom learning. Some reasons why sometimes online learning isn't the best on kids and teenagers. Recently, last year we went in lockdown because of COVID-19, which because of that, we couldn't surround ourselves around many people and we had to start wearing face masks. It affected the world in many ways. And on one of those ways was school. Had to be online instead of in person. It has been hard for some students since they'd rather be in school learning. And for others, it's easy for others to learn online. Here are some differences between online and in-person school. One of the biggest differences is that school has been mostly online now, which meant no interacting with anyone and just joining a video call to be in class with online students are able which you are able to access 
on the learning material recently, schools have been starting to open up again. We're starting to be able to go to to school in person. Another difference with online and in-person school is that online you can access it easier. You can access it from anywhere you're at and it has more fit for students' schedules. Unlike in-person, students have to leave work and it doesn't always fit their schedule, which makes it difficult. Online learning may be good, but sometimes that's not always the case. It causes a lot of screen time for students, which causes problems. Also with online learning, students can cheat, which isn't right, but since they're not in person, the teacher can, can't can know if the student is actually working or not, or if they might be cheating. And some students might not have internet at home, which makes it difficult for them to join class. Also, for some students, it's hard since they start feeling down. They don't have anyone to talk to like in-person school. In my opinion, in-person school is much better personally. Myself, I'm a visual learner. So in this in-person school would be my choice since online I procrastinate a lot and I don't pay much attention and it makes it harder for me because I don't understand and I myself don't like asking for help. Also, I like being surrounded by people and interacting with them, but with, but uh, for others, online is much better. Like my sister, she prefers online instead of in person. This is all I have to talk about today. Thank you for listening. A lot of people struggle with what to do after high school because the education system lacks in teaching us stuff that we use in real life. I think there should be some real life based classes that educate and prepare us for life after school. I personally think that they need to add classes about financial success, filing taxes, social skills, survival skills, relationship values, cooking, and personal credit slash credit score. There's a strong reason behind every one of those classes. My main message is that we should add some new classes to the education system instead of having schools teach us the same thing for three to four years. We have requirements like three to four years of all these random classes that I think are super useless right after high school. Instead of teaching multiple years of classes that aren't so helpful, they should shorten the requirements for classes we already take and add some new classes that everyone could agree on. If they can't shorten the class requirements, then maybe they should add another year to school and have a variety of classes about skills that we are going to need after high school. I feel like these classes and skills I named matter in other people's lives too, not just mine. Here's some of the reasons I put down the classes I put. Something that the education system doesn't consider is that a lot of high schoolers have jobs but they don't know how to file taxes and feel rushed when the time comes. Some more things schools don't consider are that with the recent way of classes and going to online school, everyone is used to technology and they don't have any social skills, therefore they get social anxiety when they're around people. I personally feel like there are too many people that depend on outside food rather than cooking at home and they don't realize that by cooking on your own, you have more control over what you eat. You can make sure you and your family always eat fresh and wholesome meals. Eating outside plays a big role in why people are unhealthy. Just in the United States, two-thirds of the people over the age of 18 are either obese or overweight. Schools should also put more of their focus on survival skills, which are techniques that a person uses to sustain a life in any type of environment, whether it's natural or built. These techniques are meant to provide basic necessities for human life that are very important. Those were just a few reasons for a few classes that I named. There are many more. There are many more that should be looked into or considered if the education system or schools decide to add some new classes. One reason that may have the schools not add new classes is that a lot of public schools have tight budgets and can't fund newer classes. But with taking away or shortening classes that cost a lot of money, and too many people think are useless because it has nothing to do with the real world, we would be able to pay for newer and more important classes and still not go over budget. In conclusion, doing this would help the future generations be more outgoing and excited about
doing fun things instead of always staying home and being antisocial, which is proven to be unhealthy, and it increases the chance of death by 50%. And we obviously wouldn't want that for ourselves or our future generations. Growing classes can cause students to struggle and for their grades to drop because the teacher is less likely to help them. I feel strongly about this because from experience, I know how hard it is to try and get either the teacher's attention or even just ask a simple question in front of the class because it feels like everyone's eyes are on you. The more students there are, the less help the teacher can give to a single student, which can wipe out their confidence and ability to feel like they can ask questions. The classes can be more distracting, which causes students to lose focus and not follow directions, which in the long run might affect their day-to-day -day lives. Something the listener hasn't considered is that overpopulated classes not only affect the students, it affects the teachers. With all the kids trying to ask the teacher for help is probably overwhelming. Then when the teacher gets overwhelmed and upset, they're more likely to not help. As these students get older, they might never learn how to speak or break out of their shell and ask questions when they really need it, which causes tons of problems for them. For example, if they're struggling with a task on a job, they might not be able to ask questions or try to figure out for themselves rooting back to their high school days, which will probably not work out in their favor. to thank the uh, Radio Underground program at Aloha High School for their contributions to this show, and we very much enjoy them. That's about it for this month's Education and Learning show. To close out, we have Yes Ma'am by Dirty Rotten Imbeciles. Enjoy and stay safe, everybody. Good night.
are listening to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM, K282BH Philomath on 104.3 FM, and K220HR Hood River on 91.9 FM, and on the web at KBOO.FM. Radio Lost and Found on every second and fourth Thursday from 10 to midnight right here on KBOO.